Hello. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Mastermind Minutes. My name is Gary Grosso. I am the founder and managing partner of Franchise Growth Solutions and the publisher of FranchiseMoneyMaker.com. For those of you new to the broadcast, Mastermind Minutes is a concept where we have one expert, we ask one question, and we get one answer. We usually do it in minutes, never in hours. Uh, and then, of course, if you'd like more information about the guest or about our topic, you can contact the guest directly, and uh, they're more than happy to fill in some of the blanks that uh, may have been created in this short podcast. Our guest today is BG's Hebert, uh, who is the Senior Account Manager uh, with Guidant Financial. And BG's came to Guidant in 2011. And since then, she's become a small business financing aficionado. And I love that word. Uh, as an account manager, she's committed to helping individuals identify and deploy the financial and financing solutions that uh, will help them reach their short and long-term goals, making the process of funding as smooth as possible. And I can tell you, funding a new business sometimes is um, a little bit nerve-wracking. Well, it's more than a little bit nerve-wracking. It could be big-time nerve-wracking, but BGS is here to explain how we, uh, how we smooth that over. Um, she also has firsthand knowledge of what it takes to run a small business or a franchise, because prior to joining Guidance, she served as the general manager for a chain of tanning salon franchises, which is important. She understands the franchise business. And before that, she was the sales and marketing director for an independent health and fitness business. Today, uh, she uses all that experience to relate to clients and provide firsthand advice in helping them uh, finance and fund their businesses, franchise or otherwise. So BGs, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, I truly appreciate you being here. Um, I know that's a short intro. Maybe you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Tell us a little bit more about uh, Guidant, Guidant Financial, uh, and then we'll get to our question. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Gary. And hello, everyone. As Gary said, my name is BGs with Guidant. Um, and our company really specializes in all a variety of different funding options, um, which will range from leveraging assets, small business uh, administration loans, as well as uh, even investing your own retirement into your own business. Um, so uh, we really do pride ourselves in taking a more of an educational approach with our candidates um, and also maintaining that, that long-term boutique-like relationship with both le with lenders as well as our partnerships, such as Gary. So um, we're you know, a fairly large company, up to about 150 uh, different employees uh, in five different departments. So um, not only do we offer a variety of options, we make sure that we provide additional services such as record keeping, um, account management, and so forth uh, within our our uh, our service base. Mm -hmm. And and this is and thank you for that because um, sometimes the world of financing and funding, uh, you know, for me, some well, not so much now, but in the beginning, it's it was like how I feel about insurance now. My eyes glaze over when people start talking about it, but it's it's very necessary for someone in in. Like what my company does is develop franchise companies and we develop or sell, if you will, franchises on behalf of our clients who are the franchisors. So on our end, if our salespeople expect to be able to bring someone into a franchise company, part of that journey, part of that process is being able to help the prospect, for the lack of a better word, or the potential franchisee. Um, actually secure funding for that business. You know, as an example, if we're selling a restaurant concept and it costs, 
let's say $600,000 to turn the key with uh, fees and build out and equipment and everything else, turn the key, open the door for business, $600,000. We probably require that somebody have somewhere in the neighborhood about 20, 25% of that money uh, as you know, liquid capital, unencumbered, not borrowed. So you would say, all right, so someone comes to the table with 150,000 in cash, 180 somewhere in there. Where do they get the rest of the money? Well, that's when we make the introduction to BGs, who then works with that potential franchisee in order to secure the funding. So I guess, you know, just quickly on the franchisor side, on the franchisor side, you know, they obviously have to have a relationship with BGs and a company like Guidant. Otherwise, they won't be able to get their potential franchisees or even existing franchisees that want to expand uh, financing. So, with that as the backdrop on how me as a user actually uses a company like Guidant and why it's important, I guess our question today really is uh, and we have sort of two roads here. We have the franchisor and we have the franchisee, and you can start wherever you want. But what would you say are the the key tips, the key things that a franchisee and then a franchisor would need to sort of have in order, have their house in order, or what are they going to need to know in order to work with a company like Guidant and be successful in funding a new business? Well, I love that you brought up um, the, the importance of having uh, cash to contribute um, to their project. Um, uh, cash is king, and it's not only needed to put down on most loans, but it's also uh, expected to be the post closing liquidity. Banks want to make sure that there's money left over to start making those loan payments. Um, so uh, one question that I encourage uh, franchisors to feel comfortable asking their candidates early on in the process is what kind of liquid assets do they have? Um, do they have uh, stocks, uh, mutual funds, or um, retirement? Um, and uh, also, what kind of incoming cash? What's their income? Uh, because that is very important to most banks. They want to make sure that, um, that the candidate, whether they're purchasing an existing franchise or starting up a new one, has the means to service that debt payment. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. I think, you know, there's also, you know, this philosophical element uh, that I always, when we work with either franchisors or franchisees, especially if we have a candidate, um, you know, we'll go through what we believe are sort of the guidelines that you just outlined, but not being the lender. Um, we don't get we don't get too detailed on it because things change all the time. But, you know, we also remind them that, well, we remind them of two things. Number one, there's only so much of the project you can leverage because the debt service needs to make sense. If you're if you're not you know, if you're only working for the bank and the landlord, you know, there's nothing in it for you. You have to service debt. And what should that ratio be? That's the first piece. And then the other piece is, and again, this is more philosophical to me, it's what I call skin in the game. Um, how does anyone in their right mind expect a bank to give someone 100% of the money to start a business when they're not even willing or able but in, in many cases, willing to put their own skin in the game. It doesn't inspire confidence to the to the lenders. So talk to us a little bit about when you say a cash, I think you said, you know, cash, or we say cash injection. What sort of numbers if, you know, what sort of percentage, what, you know, how would that 
that work, what would most potential franchisees need to have in terms of a percentage of the overall project cost? Yeah. So if you're cre- if you're creating a new business, typically they're going to require about a 30% down payment. Whereas if you're acquiring uh, an existing business or franchise, uh, you can expect that to be about a 20% down payment, mm-hmm. um, given that the existing business in that case um, is profitable. Um, but uh, it, as I mentioned earlier, in addition to the down payment, banks will be looking at what kind of post-closing with Uh, liquidity you have, or also Mm -hmm. known as cash reserves. Mm -hmm. And that starts at about 25,000 on loans uh, ranging, you know, from 100 to 150,000. Otherwise, about 10% of the total project cost is what you can expect. That's the money, that's the reserve capital that, and and we as franchisors, I mean, we, we build that into our FDDs, our franchise disclosure documents, where we show how much reserve capital as an estimate we believe the candidate should have when they go into the business. Now, you mentioned something uh, just there. You said, you know, the the candidate should have X percentage, but what are some of the other things that, that the, the lender would take into consideration? So if I'm, and I'll give you an example, let's say I've been working, I don't know, I've been working in an office for the last 30 years, and now I want to open a restaurant, and I have absolutely no restaurant experience. Uh, Does that impact um, how much money I might need to put down or the bank's position? And I guess the B part of that question is, does it support me a little bit more that it might be a franchise than some independent kind of business? So how do banks view my prior experience as overall risk, if any? Sure, sure. Well, that's one of the beauties in franchising is that banks um, will uh, make exceptions for an individual that doesn't have, for for instance, um, any restaurant-related experience, maybe comes from a corporate America background. Um, but it helps. It definitely helps. Um, so direct industry experience um, can be a significant factor for some lenders. Um, now, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that if you're, you know, say a personal trainer, you're a perfect fit to run or own your own gym. So it, it, uh, banks will look at overall experience. Have you had a management position? Have you worked with money? Um, have you uh, managed individuals? Um, you know, what, do you have any kind of accounting background or education? So there are ways to make up for no direct industry related experience, but people tend to um, also be drawn to things that, you know, industries that they are familiar with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, before we switch gears here, I just want to um, maybe draw some, some sort of uh, connection here. So, and I'm, I'm going to use your name guidant. Okay. So it sounds like what you do, and maybe you could explain a little bit more about the guidance process, because it sounds like there's a lot of icebergs to navigate, and you guide, hence the name guidance, you guide the candidate through that to get them to the funding, because it sounds like there's a million moving parts. What, what is the, what's the service, so to speak, or the advice or the counsel that you give the candidate to help them navigate through this entire process? Well, um, you know, uh, so there's there's pretty much five categories, even though it, it can seem like there's more. Um, and okay. what we refer to that as the five C's of lending. Love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First being that, that 
capital, that liquid cash that you can put not only towards the loan, but also have a silver um, ask for the aftermath. Then there's credit. Um, that's also something that, um, you know, I'd say aside from cash can be, you know, the number two deal killer. Um, so uh, now the, you'll, the SBA technically only requires about a 640 credit score, but in all reality, what you're going to see lenders um, you know, wanting individuals to have is at least a 690 or better credit score. That typically means that your debt to income isn't um, maxed out, that, you know, that you um, make your payments on time, that you're reliable and responsible. So 690 and up, that's where most lenders are looking. Um, and then there's capacity. Um, so also, you know, for instance, if you're purchasing an existing business, um, like you mentioned earlier, can this business afford a new owner with a new debt service. And then for startup businesses, well, what's, what's the borrower's income? Can they afford to live their life as they are, plus having this loan payment now? So it's, it's, it's all a calculation, really. Um, then there's the character, which we just touched on. You know, is this the right type of person for this type of business? You know, um, are they responsible once again? Um, and are they responsive? Banks will turn deals down because uh, the borrower doesn't pick up when they call um, or the borrower, you know, uh, uh, doesn't present themselves to their, you know, to their best. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, my favorite, which always um, and I'm joking when I say that that catches a lot of people off guard is collateral. Um, the expectations the SBA has with personal assets is that that is um, con contributed to the loan. Um, now, the SBA or lenders in general won't necessarily decline a candidate if they don't have collateral, but they will expect that collateral to be tied to the loan if they do. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's beautiful. I love it. The five C's. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's terrific. So now, and I get that. And thank you for that. Because again, a lot of folks just don't really understand the process or what's necessary. And, and hopefully you've cleared a lot of that up for our audience. And as we usually do, we'll give you con we'll give you Beachy's contact information later on, and you can contact her directly. And if you need more uh, info on on working with Guidant, uh, so now let's let's like switch over to the franchisor side. So, as a franchisor, what is it, if anything, um, that I would need to have my franchise company, so to speak, in order or what, where should I be as a franchisor in order to have the bank feel comfortable when they review my FDD or to get registered on with the SBA registry? What, what do I do as a franchisor to get ready so that if I have a qualified candidate who the bank would accept, now all of a sudden I'm the problem? So how does the franchisor prevent itself from being the problem or the blockage in getting a, in getting a loan? What can you tell us about that? Well, like you mentioned, you know, uh, getting your ducks in a row um, and that's making sure that you are on the franchise registry. That's the first place uh, lenders will look. Uh, the next place is uh, the franchise default percentage, primarily for SBA loans. So it's uh, even more important that as a franchisor that you're there for your franchisees that have been in business, maybe they're tired, maybe they're wanting to try something else. Um, closing that location doesn't help anybody, which is why resales are very common. 
uh, which is where the franchisor steps in and says, hey, let me help you find a buyer. Um, one way to help your, your, franchise, your franchisees uh, put the right price on their business um, is by coming to guidance. We offer business valuations as well as business appraisals. That doesn't mean that that's what they, you know, just because that's what their business is worth, that's how much they have to ask for it, but it gives them a starting point. Uh, that can be one of the number one reasons why resales tend to take longer is because, you know, the new buyer wants to negotiate a price and the, the seller doesn't really have much, much backbone as to why they're asking that particular price. Yeah. So, um, uh, and I would say also just back to that, um, you know, keeping closures down, uh, making sure that you're picking the right people mm -hmm. as your new franchisees. Um, so being on fairly picky, you know, not necessarily signing everybody up to collect that franchise, right. fee, but really make sure that they've either come to guidance or elsewhere to understand that they can afford more than that, just that franchise fee. And I, I love the way you've put that because what you have just said, um, when we have franchise buyers, candidates who want to buy a franchise, what you've just outlined that the bank would look at in looking at a franchisor, we tell potential franchisees essentially the same thing. Look at the franchisor, look at the document, look at their item 19, you know, what are their store sales, what are their costs, but also look at item 20, which is the item in the FDD that lists how many stores have opened, how many stores have closed, how many stores have transferred. So it's interesting that where sometimes a franchise buyer might think, well, I hope I get approved by the bank, or maybe I can, you know, cut a corner here or say this or say that. What, what you've just said is that the buyer of the franchise and the bank actually should be best friends looking at the same thing, because if it's not good enough for the bank, then it may not be good enough for the potential franchisee because everyone has risk involved. And banks are probably much more adept at evaluating risk than franchise buyers. Um, quick story. Recently, my wife and I bought a second home and we didn't need to put a mortgage on it, but we did. And someone said, well, why are you doing that? And I said, well, there's two reasons. First of all, money is dirt cheap right now. So I want to control money at a really low cost. But at the end of the day, I love the digging that the bank is going to do into the property and they're going to make me jump through hoops and they're going to find out things about this property that I would never be able to find out. And lo and behold, on a property just prior to the one we bought, they found out all sorts of stuff that you would, you know, cause me to run in the other direction. And I think what I'm hearing you say really should be the same for a franchise buyer. If, if the bank doesn't feel the franchisor is, you know, up to snuff, so to speak, then why should the buyer? Exactly. Yeah, yep. that, that makes very good sense to me. So, so store closures are one thing. Um, you know, most franchisors don't publish profitability of units in their FDD, but do banks sometimes inquire for information outside of the FDD, and since they're not buying a franchise, they certainly can, where they might ask the franchisor, hey, what's the profitability of these units? Does it ever, does those ever come down to those sorts of conversations? Banks don't, um, they don't typically uh, communicate directly with the franchisor. Mm -hmm. They're relying more so on the candidate. 
uh, the potential franchisee to really sell them on the on the uh, concept um, after they've of course proven that they're the right borrower. Um, how they how banks are able to um, you know visually see that you know those sales points is with um, you know their business plan, their right. projections. Just because it's a franchise doesn't mean that you don't have to go through all of the necessary steps with an SBA loan, for example. Right. So, so a candidate would have to put together a business plan based on information they've gathered from the franchisor. So the more accurate, the more robust uh, the information that's coming from the franchisor, the better the business plan that the franchisee will have to prepare or the better the, better the ingredients will be. I'm not suggesting franchisee will always make a great business plan, but they would have to present that to the lender, a business plan. Yeah, it's, it's basically your resume yeah. um, uh, at your dream job. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's even more important reason, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, have support and not diving into, um, in, you know, a pool that you don't know how deep or how shallow it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, lenders don't typically go back and review a second time, a deal that they turned away the first time. However, um, with, for instance, guidance uh, involvement in the, in the whole transaction, we look for the exact same thing that the, the different lenders that we work with do. We know what questions they have. We know what can't be left out. We know how to really maximize and present um, the very best of these borrowers. Um, so um, now when we present um, an individual to phase two or three banks, that's not an application. So our banks will come back to us and say, you know what? Get me more information on this, or uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little curious about this. Uh, we'll go back to the candidate and we'll restructure that, you know, uh, business plan or resume um, so that when, when they are introduced to the lender and, and it's a true introduction, everything's pretty much perfect at that point. Okay. So, so the, just to round out the conversation here, and then I'm going to ask you for your last thoughts, but, but based on what you just said, it, it would appear to me, or it sounds to me that if I'm a candidate and I come to you, you're going, cause you know what the bank's probably going to want to see. You're going to look at me and you're going to say, okay, uh, we need a, B and C. We need X, Y, and Z you're going to sort of package me for the lack of a better word. And then um, I'm anticipating that you work with more than one lender. So if I have some, you know, if I've have some bumps and bruises in my background, let's say you're going to know what banks may have more flexibility with my sort of background or, uh, and you're going to match me and you're going to present me to that bank. Do I understand that that's essentially what Guidant is doing? Uh, exactly. Yeah. So um, when you work directly with um, a, any particular bank, a lot of that, the heavy lifting is, is on the lender. It's, it's on their, their SBA, you know, team, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that can be a really slow process. You know, they have a million other things that they do in a day. So um, for a first time borrower, it could be frustrating. Um, working with either multiple people, getting lost in the process, you know, not not uh, knowing when and what to submit, you know, always kind of feeling two, three, four, five steps behind mm-hmm. while working with a company such as Guidance. Um, we make sure that you're always two, three, four steps ahead of what the lender is going to be looking for. We remind you where we're at in the process. We help you with, you know, updating the franchisor, for example, on timing 
um, when to start looking for real estate, when it's okay to, to pay that franchise fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we answer the questions before they come up um, because yeah. most, the majority of our clients are first time borrowers, small business and, borrowers. And that makes, that makes for me, that makes contacting someone like you a hundred percent necessary and, and worth it because it's a daunting task. And if I've never done it before, just gathering paperwork, gathering information, what are they going to, and not knowing what will be asked until I actually am being asked for it from the lender. Um, that in and of itself, you know, seems like the type of thing, you know, I have this expression that uh, most business deals die in the parking lot of the bank. Uh, and the truth is that folks either get turned down or they get frustrated or they don't put their paperwork together. They don't respond. They give up. It's just, uh, you know, it just becomes uh, a headache to get it done. And uh, it's good to know that there's a company like Guidant that can kind of create a frictionless process for the lack of a, of a better word. Okay. You know, any last thoughts you'd like to leave us with and, uh, and then we'll ask you for some contact information, but any, any last thought? Um, just, just, I know we've talked about um, SBA loans a lot today, but just, just a quick reminder that Earlier on, I mentioned that um, we do really offer a variety of solutions. That 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 goes for individuals that don't have the twenty to thirty percent down. Uh, that goes for individuals that don't really have assets or haven't really built out their credit yet. Um, so please, you know, uh, when you are curious or when you'd like to be pre-qualified, please keep us in mind. Um, our goal is to always uh, work out not just any option, but the better options. And if we have you know, if, we're, if we lack an option at the time, we're always going to be able to give you um, that, that educational what to do next to get yourself in a position where you would be a great candidate for financing. And that, so, um, yeah. Yeah, that's no, that, that's great to know this. You know, there's more than one way to get it done um, and that you have access and will guide your, your clients to all of those things. Uh, BGs, this has been absolutely enlightening. This is, you know, this is always the biggest question. Everyone wants to go into business, but the question is, how do I get the money? And uh, you've started to answer some of those questions, and I'm sure there are a hundred other questions. So if any of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you to ask you those hundreds of questions, uh, how do they, how do they do that? Is there an email address, a website? What's the best way? Yeah. So our website is guidancefinancial.com. Uh, you will find my contact information in the uh, meet the team center or section of that website. But uh, just while we're at it, uh, the, what, the email address you could reach me at is BGs. That's uh, just like the band dot Hebert um, at guidantfinancial.com or my direct line, which is 425-326-4600. That's great. That's great. And again, for those of you listening and uh, you know, we, you'll see, we, have all of that contact information in the bio below the podcast or the webcast. BGs, I can't thank you enough. This has been absolutely great. Promise us you'll come back to talk more about funding uh, a business. Um, and uh, I know you'll, you mentioned you're going to be at the IFA convention later on this month. I will be there. We will certainly uh, match up. But again, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Gary. I, I had a great time. It's been fun. Thank you. <laughs>